discussions and uh yeah i was really blessed by our time last week i hope you were too and um yeah and sunday night as well but you know what a privilege to to be together to be in homes and to take some time out just to reflect on scripture and some truth about uh who god is who we are what he has for us and this 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 week we're um we're going to talk about uh verse in first corinthians chapter two almost the whole chapter um a passage in there but really focusing around the idea of the mind of Christ that's the topic that we're looking at this week or the idea we're looking at and you know it's a real value in this family in this community um, to hear from God to to receive a, a relationship with him that's real and personal and provides revelation and help and assistance and that's our hope in this that we sort of Maybe for all of us, like open that picture up a little bit more, and um, yeah. So let's let's start by taking a look at the passage in in First Corinthians chapter two, starting at verse three. So if you want to open it up in front of you, uh, yeah, you might find it really helpful to to read along and to to jump in with us in that in that sense. But um, yeah, so First Corinthians chapter two, verse three. It says. This is Paul um, under the heading of Paul's reliance upon the Spirit. That's, that's the heading for this chapter. He says, in verse 3, I came to you, I came to you in a state of weakness and fear and great trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom using clever rhetoric, but they were delivered in demonstration of the Holy Spirit operating through me and of his power, stirring the minds of the listeners and persuading them so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom and rhetoric of men, but on the power of God. Now we do not speak wisdom among those spiritually mature believers who have teachable hearts and greater understanding, but it's a higher wisdom, not the wisdom of this present age, nor of the rulers and leaders of this age who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery the wisdom once hidden from man, but now revealed to us by God, that wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory to lift us into the glory of his presence. None of the rulers of this age recognized and understood this wisdom. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written in scripture, things which the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard and that which, and, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence and obey him, and who gratefully recognize the benefits that he has bestowed. For God has unveiled them and revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things diligently, even sounding and measuring the profound depths of God, the divine counsel and 
things far beyond human understanding. For what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except the man's spirit within him? So also no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit, who is from God, so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. We also speak of these things not in words taught or supplied by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual thoughts with spiritual words for those being guided by the Holy Spirit. But the natural, unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings, the revelations of the Spirit of God for their foolishness, absurd and illogical to him, and he is incapable of understanding them because they, were, they are spiritually discerned and appreciated, and he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the spirit, cannot understand the believer's spiritual nature. For who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. This, this is an incredible passage that, you know, carries such keys for us of uh, some of the pieces that really release to us um, yeah, the, full, the fullness of the mind of Christ. And, and, you know, Paul starts this out, this passage that we've read by talking about coming in a state of weakness and fear that his preaching wasn't with persuasive words of wisdom. Now, the wisdom that he's talking about there is is, is natural wisdom, the ability to understand something and put pieces together, to know something, to see, to have a, to have a good, good plan or a good idea or to be able to put, put, a, put an incredible thought together. He's saying that's not what we use, but they were delivered by a demonstration of the Holy Spirit operating and his power stirring in the minds of listeners and persuading them. And he's saying that was so that, that faith wouldn't rest on wisdom and rhetoric of men, but on the power of God. And he said, we don't speak words of wisdom to spiritual believers. You know, he, he, he goes on to say, it's, it's not wisdom from this present age that, that we use, but it's, it's, it's God's wisdom, once hidden in mystery, now revealed. And he goes on to say that, you know, the, rules of the rulers of this world didn't know or understand this, but that God's unveiled and revealed this to us by the Holy Spirit. And that the spirit that searches all things knows all things. But then we come into this passage, you know, this is, this is this idea of, you know, we don't just have to know the scripture. We don't just have to understand this faith. There's more that's being given to us from a spiritual source. It's not just clever ideas and clever thoughts that we're pursuing. Our ability to understand something or know something. There's more to the faith that we've been given. And Paul's saying the message that I have is one that's being delivered and revealed in weakness by the power of the Holy Spirit. That, that we would not come to trust on something good that a man has to say or something knowledgeable that someone could know or something studyable that a person could, could come to, to a greater education on. But what we're coming for is, is something of the power of the Spirit that reveals the heart of God, the nature of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God. He goes on to say in verse 11, For what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except the man's spirit within him? I mean, you know, this is a pretty clear idea. Like you can sit there and you, you can have a thought that I know nothing of, right? I can be sitting here right now and I'm thinking something. Oh, well, you have no idea what I'm thinking. 
you know, the, the spirit within me, the, the inner world that I exist in. I can have a conversation with myself. In fact, I could, you know, be, be sitting here while I'm talking to you and I could be thinking about the trees or the birds or the, or the, the grass needing mode or, you know, and I can be having these thoughts with myself in, in, in my inner world. And you, you don't know my thoughts, but the spirit of the man knows his own thoughts. And this is a place where I could have a conversation with myself or I could discuss or consider something with an inner voice and, and relate, um, you know, within myself to my own ideas. Who can know the thoughts of a man but his own spirit within him? And he says, so also, who knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God? Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given us by God. He's saying that, that we have dwelling within us, not just the capacity to understand our own thinking or relate to our own self, but we, because our spirit has now been occupied by this, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ, we now have the thoughts of God within us, that, that within us are both um, the presence and the ability to be with myself and also the ability to be present and be with the Holy Spirit, the, the, the person of Jesus Christ by his spirit within us. And so we have the thoughts of God in our inner world that we can pursue, that we can seek. And, and the wisdom that we have isn't just what, what has been laid down in the word of God in, the, in, in a book, although, although even this is, is, a, is a precious treasure to the journey, is in no diminishment to the written word of God. We must come back to the word of God in all things and at all times. We must be founded on that which has been laid out. And what we know is that the spirit of God does not go against the word of God. He's, he's not out to replace the word of God, but what we have is a, a present and powerful relationship where we we don't have to be left wondering, well, what does God think about this? How does he see this? What, 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 what would he say or what would he do or where would he go or how would he respond? You know, this passage is inciting us to say that there's a wisdom that goes beyond the wisdom of this age or this world. And by the Holy Spirit, by his presence within us, we may know the thoughts of God himself, that this is what we have been granted. You know, he goes on to say, we also speak of these things, not in words taught or supplied by human wisdom but those taught by the Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual thoughts with spiritual words for those being guided by the Holy Spirit. He's saying we're taking this, this unction of the Spirit, these spiritual thoughts, these thoughts of God with us, and we're turning them into spiritual words that they would be food for those who are of spiritual pursuit, who are seeking the truth of God, who are seeking his reality. He's saying, we're speaking here. The things we're offering to you are not thoughts of man. They're not ideas that we've had. This is the heart of God for his people. This is the thoughts of God towards you. These are the realities of heaven being brought about in the heart of a man by the thoughts of God and being expressed in words to you. What a powerful idea. He goes on to say that the natural unbelieving man doesn't accept these things because he doesn't know the spirit of God. They're foolishness. He's incapable of understanding them. And I mean, that's a, that's a relatable reality. He goes on to say, but the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian judges things by this. He questions and examines what the Holy Spirit reveals. And, and yet is judged for himself by no one, not by an unbeliever, and not, not by one without a spiritual nature. Now, and this is really just saying that this is, this is the means by which that we view and judge and assess. We take that which exists around us and, and bring it to the spiritual source and allow the, the heart of God, the thoughts of God, the purposes of God revealed to us to, to be the, the path of life in which we pursue. And it is in this culmination. For who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? 
but we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and his purposes. You know, there's something beautiful about this framing of we have the mind of Christ because when I think about uh, my own personhood or my own mind, there's more to my mind than just words. We talk so often about asking God questions or conversing with him or seeking his thoughts or seeking his voice, you know. I mean, in Revelation uh, chapter 3, verse 21, you know, Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock and anyone who hears my voice and opens the door to me. I'll come in and converse with him. We'll have a meal together and be friends. Now that's a picture of responding to a voice of God, to a, to a calling. To, and, and when I come to understand that that voice isn't one heard in my ear uh, necessarily, uh, or, it's, or it's not a voice that exists in the natural realm, but this is an inner voice that has joined my spirit, that, that we have been given the thoughts of God, the mind of God, the voice of God within us by his spirit. And in the same place that I can have a conversation with myself, that I can consider my own thinking, that I can know my thoughts even when you can, I can know the thoughts of God because I've been given his spirit and he's joined me. And, and, and it, there's an understanding that those aren't my own that that is him. He's joined me here and he has things to offer me. And so we've talked a lot about his voice, but when I think about my mind, I mean, this joining of of the mind of Christ in my life is so much more expansive just than a, a voice because from my mind flows emotions, memories, recall, considerations, uh, feelings, even senses, um, pictures, imaginations, you know, images, uh, faces of relationships. And, and when, when, when we come to accept that the mind of Christ has fully joined us, there's no faculty that we've been given that his spirit cannot occupy and access that we would receive him, his thoughts, his emotions. You know, an example of this would be, you know, playing out a moment that we found challenging or difficulty, difficult, entering into a spiritual connection and, and inviting Jesus to show us what he saw. And looking, looking for how did Jesus respond? What's the emotion in his face? What does he feel? And you, you, you might begin to feel a different sensation or a different emotion than what you were previously feeling. You know, I've been in a position in processing something of this nature where I felt anger and I felt frustration and all of a sudden compassion took over. Oh, I've stepped into the mind of Christ here. And now I'm feeling an emotion of compassion that's not my own. It's not of my flesh. It's not of my natural life, but the mind of Christ is revealing his heart, his thoughts, his purposes in a moment. And, and when we come to accept that the mind of Christ has been granted to us, our emotional being, our recollection, our, our, our memories, our recall, our imagination, our yes, our, our inner voice, our thoughts, our considerations, our hearing, our listening, all of those things can be tools that become receptors to the mind of Christ, to, to the life of Christ provided to us to understand the path in which he has for us, his purposes, his way, his will, his, his response, his emotion, his character. And truly in this place, when we form this relationship with such a real and tangible God, Jesus definitely begins to become a much more imitatable example to us. Because we have something that jumps off the page and jumps into my life and, sh and shows me the way shows me the, the, the capacity that I have in the life of him to live out something other than just my own flesh life. And uh, what, what a beautiful reality that we have that, that, that this, this passage introduces to us. But we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. You know, that, that who can know the thoughts of a man but a, but a man's own spirit within him? 
So also no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, so we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. That we are the ones who can know and understand the mind of Christ, the the reality of his response, his action, and his activity. And I, I think there is no... I mean, no, no generation has, has been without need of this, but I look at the, the state of, of the world that we find ourselves in and the life we live and what guides us. And we are those who cannot be guided by the world any longer. We cannot be guided by natural wisdom or, or understanding. We are those who are being gathered and prepared as the people of God for the things of God. And as such, his thoughts, his mind, his purpose, his values, uh, his perspective as that begins to rule in our lives, we'll be protected, we'll be prepared, we'll be established, and, uh, and we'll have what, what the natural man could never have, that the life of God would be living out within us and through us. And, you know, what a gift this is, what a gift this is, you know, and, and I guess it begins to beg the questions, how do we access this? How do we, how do we enter into this more deeply? And how do we take hold of it now? Or maybe we're sitting there and we're going, oh man, another one of these messages about this whole thing, you know, jeepers, that's just not my experience. It's not how I've come to know God. It's not how I experience him. And I would just encourage you that there are, um, in, in, you know, this, this passage offers us something in that as well, or, 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 or I suppose so does, um, you know, John, uh, chapter 10 offers us something in the mix of this as well. But, but, you know, it says the natural, uh, unbelieving man does not accept this. And, and I'm not here to judge anyone or to suggest that that's the reality. You know, we, we can be uh, born again and saved and still leaning entirely on our natural faculties without a spiritual reliance. We can be leaning on the kind of wisdom that Paul said, this is not the kind of teaching I'm bringing. I'm not bringing a natural teaching here. I'm bringing a spiritual teaching. And, you know, to, to open our lives up to a spiritual resource and to a spiritual relationship, you know, for some of us, there's been a lot that's been stacked against that. That's my story. Uh, one where, you know, I grew up in an environment of a very conservative uh, faith and a very conservative theology where the Holy Spirit was almost a dirty word or where spiritual things uh, certainly were uh, undermined in comparison to the Word of God. Now, I want to I confirm and affirm that we are a people of the Word first and foremost. And right alongside of that, we are people of the Spirit who receive the revelation of God, who sow it and who apply it to the things that we find ourselves in. And, and so if we've made agreements along the way, maybe God doesn't speak or maybe that's flaky or maybe we've made judgments against people who, who that's their, their, their persuasion. Or maybe we've made an agreement that we don't hear that way. Like the spiritual part of ourself that receives this and operates in this is one that, that, that is yielded to my will to my choice, to my control, God can't break through what I've established or determined myself. And so I guess I'd encourage you on this journey to imagine um, the first step towards this, if that's where you're at, is um, you know dealing with a, a heart that believes that God will commune with me in my internal world, that I can have his thoughts and I can, taking this scripture and applying it to, to its greatest nth and saying, I am one who has the mind of Christ, and, and I'm going to believe that I'm going to discover that and uncover that and invite God to do that and, and break any agreements. You know, very simply, Jesus, I just ask for your forgiveness that I've, I've agreed that you don't speak or that that's flaky or that that's without ground. The most powerful things of the world come by your spirit, Jesus. 
and I want to open myself up to receive those. And I want to encourage you tonight, if, 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 if your story is one that has had resistance to this, you are so not alone, uh, you know, but, but let's confront that resistance with the work of God within us to open up a more full picture of who he is. But also for those of us who are familiar, are practicing these things or, or growing in them, let's be challenged by the fullness of the mind of Christ that we have. Do we draw upon it daily? Do we, do, do we make this our source of wisdom? Are we living primarily by natural wisdom and, and in a minuscule way by that which comes by revelation of the mind of Christ? Or are we living out the mind of Christ? Thoughts, will, emotion, recollection, imagination. Is it all open to him? You know, are my dreams full of him? Is, 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 my, is my pursuit the perspective of the mind of God? Or do I most often make decisions from a natural place without even considering what the perspective of, of the Spirit of God with me might be? And so, yeah, hey, let me pray for you as we finish up. And uh, I, know, I know there's going to be some some fruitful and challenging discussions and uh, in the mix of this. And yeah, let me just pray. Jesus, we just thank you that you have given us your spirit, your mind, that we would know your thoughts, that we would experience your presence deep within our being. And we just ask for a release, a whole, a whole new release for, for each of us, that you would expand our capacity to know your mind with us, that we would have new experiences of that and greater reliance upon that. God, would you establish your purpose so deeply and so clearly and so fundamentally within us that we would be so deeply grounded in this love of the life that you've placed within us. And yeah, we pray a blessing on these groups and the discussions and just, uh, yeah, thank you for your word of truth that we've received here. And uh, yeah, we, 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 we receive it to its fullest and ask you to minister it to us. In your name, amen. Well, enjoy the rest of your time and your, your conversations and uh, yeah, we'll look forward to, to hearing about it. So bless you.